0: Hello and welcome to the Church of the Hollywood Bee Cowboy. We worship, salute, honor those boys and girls of the silver screen in the 1930s and 40s that brought so much entertainment to people. The B. Cowboys. I don't have a script. (laughs) I don't like to work from a script. I I just like to do my thing and I hope I can get you to follow along. I hope I'm not too confusing. I'm John McFlanagan. I've got three names. J-O-H-N, M-A-C-K is my middle name. F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N is my last name. I was named after a B-Cowboy star named Johnny Mac Brown. Very big in the 30s and 40s. Actually, Johnny started in the 1920s with MGM in silent film. And then when sound came along, Johnny had a soft southern accent. He was from Dothan, Alabama. Very sweet man. And... uh MGM said hmm and they had Clark Gable and they had Johnny Mac Brown who'd worked with all of the women he was quite a close horse very beautiful man and they ended up going with Clark Gable Clark Gable was their star and of course we all know Clark Gable's story and uh, Johnny Mac Brown kind of went off at the beginning he did a lot of uh, serials a lot of chapter plays and then he ended up doing B-Westerns, and I'll uh, I'll throw some numbers at you. First of all, I've got two different <laughs> beginnings, and I don't know which beginning to use. Beginning number one or beginning number two? I guess we'll start with beginning number one, and then we'll work our way to beginning number two. We're going to honor Hoppy Jean and Roy, If you don't know their last names, you haven't been alive on this planet too long. (laughs) Hoppy, Hoplong Cassidy, Gene Autry, Roy Rogers, Tex Ritter, Rex Bell. All the stars of the 30s and 40s B-Westerns are going to be here. Along with uh, the stars of Silent Film. Silent Film is very good. I don't know if you've ever seen a Silent Western, but they don't have to build dialogue and all that. They just start The bad guy has a mustache and smokes. Look out for him. And the good guy's always got a white horse and uh, two big silver guns. We know the good guy right off the bat. And the movie's a very rapid silent film. I love silent movies. Anyway, what happened was a few months ago, a friend said to me recently, Why old cowboys? And I looked at her and I said... (laughs) Why Elvis? <laughs> these people that we're going to talk about, in the church of the Hollywood B-Cowboy. These men and women uh, did a lot of work. I just hate to see it disappear. I'm going to throw some names and numbers at you, okay? See what you think of this. I'm also doing a newsletter. It's going to kind of follow the podcast. I'm your podcast podna by the way uh, this is going to follow the, the newsletter but but not not word for word because like I said I, I'm not working from a script I, I'm a Dale Carnegie how to win friends influence people guy I like to talk and uh, make sense of it I'm going to throw some names at you uh, let's say Bob Steele did 163 movies now these are one hour B-Westerns very entertaining very fast Lot of shoot 'em up, a lot of action. Buck Jones died in the Coconut Grove fire in Boston, Mass. New Year's nineteen forty-two. Buck Jones did a hundred and twenty-six movies. He started as a stuntman for Tom Mix. They said, we got to get somebody to look over Tom Mix's shoulder. Because Tom Mix was always asking for more money. Well, Buck Jones ended up a big star. He had the Buck Jones Rangers. There were a million kids in that organization. Buck Jones, 126 movies. Johnny Mac Brown, guy was named after. 131 films, my friend. 131 films. Roy Rogers, King of the Cowboys, 95 films. There's a lot of history here, and I just cannot see these people fade away and not be remembered. It just breaks my heart to think that you know someday people will turn around and go, Bob Steele, who, Tom Tyler, who, <laughs> uh, you know, Buck Jones, who. I've got a guy that I've written about a lot on IMDb, International Movie Database. His name is Frank Rice. F-R-A-N-K-R-I-C-E. Character actor. Oh, man, I got him in a lot of stuff. If you go to IMDB, you'll see the stuff I've got him in. Uh, Frank Rice is a great actor, great character man in the 30s. I don't think he made it to the 40s. I believe he was killed in a car wreck in L.A., God rest his soul. Uh, But Frank Rice did a lot of work. He worked with Buck Jones. He worked with... All kinds of people. Uh, Frank Rice has got to be remembered. I said, gee, I wonder if Frank Rice ever dreamed that his work would live on until on IMDb. I said, 2014. That's when I wrote about him, 2014. Frank Rice is a great man. But my friend said, why old cowboys? I said, why Elvis? I mean, these people have to live on, and it's up to you and me. If you're interested in Church or the Hollywood Beat Cowboys, if that has rang your bell, it's up to you and me to keep these people alive. We can't let their memory fade away, friends. We can't do it. We've got we've to push these people on. Okay, second uh, beginning that I have. Uh, it was the late 80s. Uh, about 30 years ago, it was 1980. Might have been 86, 87, 88, right in there. Walgreens, right down the hill, was selling videotapes. The videotape machine had come in in the 80s. I bought one at the end of the 70s. I was one of the very first people to have a videotape machine, and uh, they were selling all these videotapes at Walgreens, 3.99 and they had sherlock holmes and they had uh they had all kinds of people and 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 their movies, all B artists uh in fact i got a william s hart film there called uh called, uh sagebrush T- oh, tumbleweed tumbleweed 1929 uh, a William S. Hart film. He's a big cowboy star. But I'm going through these videotapes like you'd go through a record rack in a record store and I see this video and it's called "In Old Santa Fe and it stars Ken Maynard and Gabby Hayes. Well, I knew a little of Ken Maynard. I mean, I knew a little of Gabby Hayes. Ken Maynard rang a bell, but I didn't know much about him. It set on the box... The first film appearance of Gene Autry, a must for Gene Autry fans. Well, Gene Autry is the only star right now that has five stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Live performance, television, uh, records, uh, movies. And i forget the fifth one. Wouldn't you know I'd forget the fifth one. I don't have it written down. He's got five stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Well, I bought in old Santa Fe, 1934. Oh, God, what a great film, my friend. It is, without a doubt, the best B-Western ever made. It was made by Mascot Pictures. They did a lot of serial chapter plays, like Johnny Mac Brown did. Uh, but they did two or three movies along the way, and "In Old Santa Fe" is one of those movies. It's a gangster cowboy thing. It's got cars in it. It's it got a stagecoach. It's kind of a a mixed media kind of presentation. But "In uh, Old Santa Fe" is a great film, 1934. And I found another film uh, called "Wild Horse," starring Hoot Gibson. And, Step and Fetch it. Now I knew Stefan it because I'd heard of him from the '30s. Hoot Gibson, ki- like Ken Maynard, kind of rang a bell. They, they did movies together later in the '40s, later on when they got older, they did movies together. Hoot Gibson, 1932, and old Santa Fe it was 34. But Wild Horse was 1932. I said, "What kind of movie could they make?" In 1932, I knew that sound had come along at the end of the 20s, like October 1928, Uh, Al Jolson did the jazz singer, so sound came along. But 1932, it's like three years later, hello, (laughs) what are they doing? And when sound came along, the outdoor action film died. Nobody would do it because they, they couldn't figure out how to do it. Where do you put the microphones? Where do you, how do you rig this thing? You know, I mean, the silent film, they just went out there, and they cranked the film, and they rode around and shot at each other and had fistfights, and they were great films. And, but the sound film, ooh, it's a problem. 1929, a guy named Raoul Walsh, he did The Big Trail with John Wayne, 1930, John Wayne's first film, major film. Raul Walsh did a lot of work. Wore an eye patch. Lost his eye to a car accident when a rabbit came up. A jackrabbit came up on, on his car, his car out in the desert in Utah, around Kanab or someplace, and shattered his windshield. And a shard of glass went through Raul Walsh's eye, so he wore an eye patch. And he did a movie in 1929. He'd done a lot of films. He'd done a film with Pancho Villa in Mexico. I wish they could find it. It's a lost film. Oh, God, I pray they find that film someday. Pancho Villa and all his men. Raul Walsh filmed it. Uh, Raul Walsh did a film called In Old Arizona. It was The Cisco Kid written by o. Henry. Warner Baxter starred in it, won an Academy Award, Best Actor, 1929. The movie came out in 1930. I have it fully restored. It's one of my treasures. That movie and Gene Autry's first major film, Tumble and Tumbleweeds, are my two most prized possessions. And, my friend, you're going to learn as we go along in the Church of the Hollywood B Cowboy... I got quite a collection. <laughs> You're going to say John, what about uh, so and so? Yeah, I got that. In fact, I might have everything they've done. <laughs> in this episode, the church of the Hollywood Bee Cowboys going to be done in in It's going to be done in chapters and it's going to be done in episodes so we are in chapter one episode one There are going to be 10 episodes per chapter so we're doing episode one chapter one and i'm just kind of giving you an overview of the bee cowboy because you might click on church of the bee cowboy and go what the heck is that what's that bee cowboy thing all about in hollywood in the 30s and 40s during the golden years they had a two-tier film system. They had the A films. A films were Clark Gable, Errol Flynn, Jimmy Stewart, big stars. The B films were one-hour films uh, designed to run second feature in a double feature. And they were called B films. And they were humble little productions. You and I would get together. And we would go down to Gower Gouch, which is on Gower Boulevard. In Hollywood, I've been there many times. Sunset and Gower, man, that's the heart of Hollywood. You and I would go down to Sunset and Gower, and we'd rent a little studio, and maybe you'd write a scenario or I'd write a scenario. Somebody's stealing somebody's ranch. Somebody's trying to kill Grandpa. We'd write a scenario, and we'd film some of it at the at the studio that we leased down at Gower Gulch, Gower and Sunset, and then we go out in the desert. We go out by, well, they did a lot of work out in Simi Valley, where the Ronald Reagan Library, Presidential Library is. Simi Valley, Chatsworth, that's where the Lone Ranger Rock is. At the beginning of the Lone Ranger, Lone Ranger rears up on Silver. There's a big rock. That's Lone Ranger Rock. I've seen it, been there uh chats were simi valley they did a lot of work there I'll, I'll fill you in on the different locations as we go through things one of the big locations we're going to hit friends i'm going to put this one right up front in volume number one lone pine california it's on the east side of the sierra highway 295 it's about 250 miles north of los angeles It's north of Mojave and south of Bishop. (laughs) I've been there several times. I've attended the Lone Pine Film Festival. First time was 1995, and uh, I attended the Lone Pine Film Festival. Then in 1996, I got a wild hair, and I said, you know, I want to honor these people. I want to keep them alive. That's what I'm doing. So I started a newsletter, 1996. I've been to the Lone Pine Film Festival in 1995. They show all the old cowboy movies. Oh, man, they got rocks there called the Alabama Hills. They got Mal Whitney, the Sierra. You can reach out and touch them. This is some sacred ground for cowboy movies. They did hundreds. All the, well, not all the Hoplon Cassidy's. 36 of Hoppy's 66 Hoplon Cassidy films, 1935 to 1948, were filmed in Lone Pine. When you go out there and you've seen any kind of Hoplong Cassidy, it's almost like going to the shrine of Hoplong Cassidy. You expect William Boyd to come riding up any minute. Anyway, I started a newsletter in 1996. It was called The Buckaroo Review. The original idea was The Buckaroo Crew. That was a film club for people who loved be cowboys and be westerns the buckaroo crew then I got the newsletter the buckaroo review going and then I found out uh, there's been a newsletter that's been done for B-Westerns for a hundred years it's called the review I said well I can't call it the review so from 1996 till I finished in 2013 and started my memoirs I wrote my memoirs 2013 to 2016 I uh didn't have a name for it i i would refer to it as the newsletter with no name and it wasn't anything fancy friend it was a, it was a white piece of paper i did it on my word processor <laughs> and i printed it on three whole paper so you could put it in a notebook and actually i have people that have put that that no name newsletter in a notebook uh I saved every word. I never dated an episode. I said, why date a newsletter? Who cares? I wrote people from my heart. I wrote them about all the bee cowboys. Uh, I missed some. That's what we're going to take care of in volume two. We're going to follow up on the people that I missed, and then everything will be good, and we'll be off and rolling. I hope to do about 20 minutes of Bee Cowboy as things settle down. But here at the beginning, I got a lot to tell you. So, the Church of the Hollywood Bee Cowboy is going to be longer at the beginning. Maybe the first two uh, chapters of episode one are, are going to be longer. So, where were we? I had, uh, I had an old Santa Fe wild horse, Hood Gibson. Step and Fetch It, 1932. Wow, what a movie. There's a $1,000 wild horse on the loose. They get it. The bad guy comes and steals it. The guy who worked with Hoot Gibson was a guy named Skeeter Bill Robbins. Big, tall, thin guy, wore a cowboy hat. <laughs> Ran Hood Gibson's ranch. Sweetest man ever walked the planet. You'd love Skeeter Bill Robbins. He did several movies with Hood Gibson. He's a lot of fun. Skeeter Bill and uh, Hood Gibson are in Wild Horse. Uh, Ken Maynard, pretty wild man. He drank, uh, fired his guns. He put a hole through the ceiling at uh, Universal Barracks and almost killed Gabby Hayes. He was drunk. He was a drunk and he was a pretty abusive man. But when you see Ken Maynard on film, I call him my magic cowboy. Because this guy's got some kind of magic. I can't put my finger on it, but he's got it. Now, my former profession, just quickly, I was a disc jockey. October, August fifteenth, nineteen sixty-four, until October two thousand. I was a disc jockey on the air, playing the hits. I was a boss jock, played the hits. New Mexico, West Texas, Arizona, worked in Vietnam as an army draftee. I did radio and TV. My last fifty-five days. Uh, back in Arizona, I was in Tucson for quite a while. Then they transferred me to Phoenix to run the station in Phoenix. And then I got a call one day from San Francisco, and I've been here 43 years. I worked at KFRC. I came with Dr. Don Rose in uh, 1973, and I, I've been here 43 years in the Bay Area. I have a fascination with sound early sound, the early movies of the B-Westerns now I'm talking 1930 to about 1933 oh man, do I have a collection of that and do I have a thing for them I've got uh, I've got some B-Westerns I've got one B-Western in particular it does not have music at the beginning and the end, it's just straight voice under the credits, it's an old movie, huh? <laughs> it's an old old movie uh, I think it might be called Beyond the Law. I have to look it up someday. Remind me to do that. Anyway, I want you to get in touch with me. It's important that you communicate with me. Very important, because i got to know that I'm reaching out to someone who understands the B-Cowboys and girls of the 30s and 40s and the silent films and that I'm reaching you and that you're understanding and we're communicating. Here's how you get me, all lowercase, Jojo Mac, J-O-J-O-M-A-C-K. Be sure and put that Mac on it, friends, J-O-J-O-M-A-C-K, 2006-2006 at yahoo.com. That's my email. And if you would, when you send something to me, if you do send something to me, would you put church on it for the subject? Would you just put church? That way I'll know, hey, Church of the Hollywood Bee Cowboy. (laughs) Somebody's getting it. Somebody's doing it. Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyway, I guess we've kind of covered the beginning of part one and two, uh, how I discovered the Bee Western I have a tremendous collection. I don't want to brag or anything. I got one of the last films I found, one of the last films I I got a hold of is a film called Straight Shooting. It's the first feature-length film by John Ford, who directed the John Wayne movies. I think he won five Academy Awards. How Green Was My Valley. Oh, God, John Ford was a giant. His first feature-length film, 1917. It's a film called Straight Shooting. It stars Harry Carey. Now, this there's Harry Carey Jr. that was in The Searcher. They call him Dobie. This is his dad, Harry Carey, the senior Harry Carey. He's in this movie with Hood Gibson. Hood Gibson is so young, I could not recognize him. Of course, this is a cinema film in 1917. Harry's a bad man. He always played a bad man who became good. That's what William S. Hart did. As a silent star, he was always the the bad jaw egan he was always the bad guy who was redeemed by the love of a woman and became a good guy. Harry Carey was sent to drive these homesteaders off their land. Well, he gets there, and the son of the homesteaders has been killed and buried, and he gets to the grave, and the father is there. And the sister is there, and Harry Carey is such a deep individual. Wow, what an actor! What a deep, soulful man! I said, "Oh my God, Harry Carey couldn't kill these these uh, homesteaders. He had run them off. He couldn't run them off. He he flipped sides. He became on the homesteader side, and Hugh Gibson was his buddy." Man, this is a powerful film. It was a lost film, and they found it in Czechoslovakia, <laughs> in some kind of film collection or somewhere in Czechoslovakia. It's been preserved, thank God, and I have a copy of it. When I watched it the first time, I cried. I couldn't believe it. I was seeing straight shooting. John Ford's first major film, his his first uh, full length film. It was I think I think it's fifty nine minutes. It's an hour. That was a major film in nineteen seventeen. They were doing one and two reelers. Bronco Billy and all these uh, cowboy stars were cranking out one and two reel films. Real short, you know, like sixteen minutes long or twenty four minutes long. This was fifty nine minutes, and it's a great great film. I have a collection. I'm very very proud of. I have a lot of B-Westerns. I've got everything by everybody. And in volume two, we're going to talk about three special people I want you to meet. When I did my newsletter from 1996 until 2013, I neglected the first individual, didn't do much on the second, and never mentioned the third. I want to correct that. I want to make things right. And then the Church of the Hollywood Be cowboy marches on. Love that name. Love that title. It just came to me. It was like God just gave me this title. Church of the Hollywood B-Cowboy. It's long. So if you look at it on a podcast list, uh there's supposedly at this moment right now 20,000 podcasts in the United States. Anybody who's got a microphone and a way to record I want to talk about my cat. It's called Me and My Cat. (laughs) I think these bee cowboys and girls deserve some recognition, some honor, some love. You and I are going to give it to them. This is volume number one, episode number one, Church of the Hollywood Bee Cowboy. I'm your podcast podna, John McFlanagan. Thank you for being along.